Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning. Welcome to the connection on Cube 1049, a weekly public affairs show that keeps you connected to the issues and resources in your community. We are your hosts, Luciana and Pedro Artes. One of my favorite movies of all time is Minority Report. I love the idea of being able to stop crimes before they happened. But let's be realistic. That was just a science fiction movie. A really cool one with a very interesting plot, but a movie all the same. Let's face it. We can't stop crime the way the precogs and the pre-crime did on Minority Report. But maybe we can prevent criminals from committing other crimes once they are released. There is a really cool program in Washington whose mission is to provide a rigorous college program to incarcerated women to create pathways to higher education after women are released from prison. It's the Freedom Education Project Puget Sound. They are joining us today and we have with us Dr. Tanya Erzen, Associate Professor at the University of Puget Sound and Director of the Freedom Education Project Puget Sound. Also joining us today, Paris Coulter, formerly incarcerated at Washington Correction Center for Women. She participated in the Freedom Education Project Puget Sound program while inside, and she's now a student at Seattle Central College, a painter and a mom. Tanya Erzen, Paris Coulter, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Tanya, why don't you tell us about the Freedom Education Project Puget Sound? What does it do? We work in the Maine Women's Prison in Gig Harbor. So it's the major prison for all of Washington State. And there are about a thousand women there. And what we do is we bring professors from all over the state to teach college classes so that while women are inside, they can work towards a college degree. And we also do a lecture series. We bring in outside students. But the idea is to create a college within the prison. What's the idea behind this? We believe and studies have shown that the more education a person has, the less likely they are to return to prison. So there are national studies that show that. We also deal with women, and most of them are mothers. Most of them have children that they're taking care of, even from prison. Financially, when they get out, they have to take care of family as well. And it has a big impact on their communities and their families, even while they're inside, to see look, they're, they're doing something with their time, they're going to prison, and their kids are more likely to move into education and to continue their education when they see their moms doing that as well. I saw a video on your website of someone that wanted to stop doing the college degree in prison, and her son actually went like, well, if you stop, I stop. Yeah. And that kept her going, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing because in that case, a lot of, there's a program, and Paris could talk about this, uh, better than I could, but women can be released early if you have children and you qualify with an ankle bracelet. So that woman that you saw would have been able to be released earlier. And she has five kids and her kids said, mom, do not leave. We want you to stay there because we want you to finish your degree. This is the first time you're actually doing something. With and she life. was hurt. Yeah. That her kids were telling her to stay. What is the percentage of women in prison that decide to further their education? 
We have a, a little over 100 students out of about 900 to 1,000. We have 150 to 200 on our waiting list. Uh-huh. It's really not a problem of demand. It's just lack of <laughs> space. Paris, you were one of the lucky ones that could apply to this program. How did it work for you? Um, I actually got a roommate and she was part of the program and I was trying to figure out what I could do differently because I had been there twice prior and really didn't get much out of my stay there. And she encouraged me to go test for FEPS and I did and got enrolled and went on from there. Was it difficult for you to do it? It was not difficult to begin. It wasn't difficult to participate. I was really excited about it. I I saw it as an opportunity to change the course of my life. What kind of changes did you notice when you started doing this? Changes within myself. I just became more disciplined, more focused. I wanted to get these assignments done and be really engaged with the learning environment as a whole, the women. From the prior two times I had gone there, I just saw women out in the yard playing cards, kind of engaged in the same behavior. This time when I went and the FEPS program was there, I saw the whole culture change. I saw these uh-huh. women carrying book bags and and in the day room studying together. And, and it was really, really fascinating to see, really wonderful action. I want to sound dumb, but I honestly do not know much. He always sounds dumb. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't know much about life in prison. Right. What is the reaction of the other women that do not want to do this? They respect the women, I think, that are, are trying to study and trying to further their education. They blend together okay. somehow. Is it contagious? I mean, for other people to see you progressing in life and trying to get better? Oh, definitely. People see these women going to, to the school with their book bags and and they are wondering what what's going on there what how can i get involved i've seen a lot of women mm-hmm. and then you know they we all as people who are in the program encourage other women who are floundering and we see them to get involved with it as well what was your expectation about leaving prison i mean did you have any goals any hopes before no no. <laughs> no, I had no goals. I had aspirations. I, I want to be an artist. I used to walk by the Seattle Central College when I lived up there as a drug addict and longed to get in its doors, but I had no idea how to make that possible. And that's kind of where FEPS guided me and gave me a path, like, this isn't so hard, mm-hmm. you know? And when it was hard, I had the resources and availability of people to, to guide me through it. How was it when you were ready to leave prison? How did you feel at that moment? Well, I'd kind of set myself up for, you know, I had a game plan. They helped me fill out my FAFSA paperwork, register for Seattle Central. As she was saying, I left on the FOSA program, which is Family Offender Alternative Sentencing. And I got out on ankle bracelet so I could, you know, start reconnecting with my daughter. And... uh I was set up for success. And how long ago did you leave prison? October 2016. So it's been almost a whole year. Well, let's say close enough, right? Right. How has it been? You know, being in college is fantastic. It occupies my time. It gives me, you know, goals and a focus. And it sets me on, on track. Well, but I got to ask Tanya, I mean, we still see that when you leave, even college educated person, it's hard for someone in jail to find jobs because some people are reluctant to do that. 
how do we change that? Because that's the key. I mean, to find a job. She could be studying, but then if she doesn't find a job, she will need money somehow. You're absolutely right. When people are leaving, housing and Paris can talk mm. about that issue and jobs are a huge issue. So we are focused on education, but we try to work with all these other organizations and we're doing that more so that our students are getting that support. You know, I have seen people come out who actually did really well in prison, did really well in the program, and then because they'd been inside for a long time, they suddenly have to deal with family issues. It's hard to get a job. People really struggle. It is not a system set up for you to succeed. Mm -hmm. You succeed mm -hmm. almost against the system. You're mm -hmm. an exception. And I think what we need to do is exactly what we're doing here is educate people more, you know, that we do have really smart wonderful people, returning citizens coming back to out of prison, and we need to make it so that people can succeed. A lot of businesses are signing, well, under the Obama administration, businesses were signing a fair chance pledge that they wouldn't look at people's records. Universities are trying to do that, but we need to do more of that. And employers yeah. certainly need to not penalize people who've already been punished and done time and get, you know give people an opportunity. So, Paris, what are you studying now? I'm getting my transfer degree to go to university, and my major will be fine arts. Oh, nice. Well, I got to ask you this. You've been in and out a couple of times. Why yeah. do you think this time is going to be definitely the time they're just going to leave it in the past? Well, one, the the life of a... I was a heroin addict. It, it's not appealing to me in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. The prior times in prison when I got out, I had no direction to go whatsoever. And now I do through higher education. Mm -hmm and keeping on that track. And there's some times where I'm like, oh, do I really want to do this? And then I'm like, yes, yes, you do. Yes, <laughs> yes. You will stay the course in, unless you win the lottery. And then it's still, I would still stay the course because I want to have accomplished something. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the most important thing that people have to remember is, you know, you just can't float through life. Mm -hmm. Accomplishments are, you know, what make us whole. Yeah. yeah. Tanya, who came up with this idea? Well, there are programs around the country that already do this. And when I, I happened to be out here, I moved here five years ago and I was just visiting as a professor. And it was actually the women in the prison invited a group of professors to come in and meet with them. They had created an organization called The Village. The women's prison was the most violent prison in the state at one point, wow. uh, which is really interesting. And that's just because they're all levels of people there, medium, minimum, maximum. Mm -hmm. And so they mix together when they're in classes and programs. So the women decided, you know, the, the state isn't going to address this. We have to live here for better or worse. We are going to make it a place where we can live. They created this amazing organization called The Village, and they have all of these subcommittees, and one of them is education. And so we came in and they said, we hear some men in Washington can do correspondence classes or, or to, to for college, we want the same thing. And so I had taught in a women's prison in New York City when I was a postdoc there. And so we just started teaching without credit. And we've worked closely with a group of women in the prison. And then we got an agreement so that our classes were credited and so forth. And the program has just grown. How long ago was this? Uh, we started in the January of 2012, so it's been about five years. We just had our... And now Paris was telling us that this prison is not violent right now, right? I mean, there are some levels of violence. <laughs> yeah, but let's yeah. say it's, it's, it it's would be normal. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I mean, I think overall the prison, for a lot of reasons, has uh, is, is not as violent. And I do think that the 
the women have have made an impact. The programs made an impact. You know, a lot of the things the administration has does has done. I wouldn't take full credit, but certainly it's really amazing when you see. Like, there's a story uh, some, one of our students told where a group of students in a math class, and math is really hard for a lot of people coming back to school. They're studying in the day room, and they could not figure out this one problem. And so some of the officers said, well, what are you doing? And they said, well, we're working on this. And they they looked at it, too, and nobody could figure it out. So the <laughs> officers went home, and then they looked it up, and they came back the next day and told them you know, how to do it. And I think that is this amazing moment of collaboration mm-hmm. between officers and prisoners sort of working together. And I think it, it does. It makes it a, a culture of learning and engagement. Is this the same kind of classes that you would be able to take in any college? Yeah. So the whole sort of point of what we do is that we teach the same quality, the same rigor, the same courses we would on the outside. But there are things, there is no internet in the prison. So we always have professors come in. They're like, there's no internet? Okay. <laughs> nope, there's no internet. Really? How, how do you teach without internet? Well, I mean, We used to do it like that yeah. yes. long ago. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you can't email somebody or have them come to your office hours. So you have to make do and then classes can be canceled or that you can be driving there and they'll say the whole prison is closed because it's too foggy and we can't see anything and so no one's moving anywhere or mm-hmm. but but in terms of the intention it is to not teach for the prison there are so many things in prison that assume prisoners are a certain way so we're going to dumb down things or teach it a certain way and mm-hmm. we say we have high expectations and yeah. people reach them and some people struggle but but the whole idea is that it's a community and so people support each other You mentioned today that the women approached you because they have heard that men were able to do it. Why is it so important for women to get a higher education in prison, in particular women, I mean? Why not women, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it's important because we're mothers. It's important to um, show our kids that we can be leaders. People don't know this because you look, you think about people in prison, the majority of people in prison are men. But what people don't know is that women are the fastest growing part of the prison population, Mm. especially in Washington because of drug abuse. I was astounded when we first did uh, surveys of our students because I think it's 90 percent, and this is true nationwide, of women who go to prison have experienced some kind of sexual violence, domestic violence, childhood violence or abuse. So there's a high level of trauma. People have really low self-esteem sometimes, low self-confidence, not always. But to suddenly have, you know, to say to somebody who's been told you're not smart, you'll never go to college, you know, or you don't deserve to be treated well in a relationship, to say, we listen to you, we care what you think, you're part of this community, you can do this, you can be a college student, I think that has a tremendous impact. And also when women get out, you are more likely to get a better job, to work towards a career, not just some job that no one wants to do, but a real career, meaningful work, if you do have a degree. And that's true on the outside as well. So those are all reasons in addition to the part with kids. But I think overall, women just tend to be overlooked. And so, you know, we want to really sort of focus on the unique issues that women have and also not let them be invisible Mm -hmm. in this. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's the effect in their families, both their parents or their brothers and sisters and their own kids? One really great story. We have a student for a long time. She was hesitant. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can go to college. And she just graduated in June. Her son is now in college. She's been in prison for a long time, 10 or 15 years. Her son is in college. When he visits, you know, they'll often talk about their work and what they're both doing. Well, I'm reading this. Well, I got an A on this paper. And I think there are other stories like that where, you know, conversations with family members who are visiting are different. Children think, well, my mom's going to college. You know, I can do this. They're sending information out to their kids about going. And then I think also when you return to your community, you have that experience. You have that confidence. You have that sense of self. I can do this. And I think that has an impact on all the people around you, your mm -hmm. immediate family, the people that you're in community with. And it's really important, especially because some of these women have not been in school in 20 years or dropped out of high school or were told they were dumb. And so suddenly they feel empowered in a way that they, they haven't before. Paris, in your case, I mean, you worked there before. Now you left in a different way. You're studying. Did that have an impact with your family and your relationship with them? Yeah, they're all very, very proud of me. And my daughter, my eldest, she just graduated high school at 23. And my son persevered and got his GED. My youngest fluctuates between being a supermodel and now she talks about getting, you know, her master's degree. Oh, so, good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's had an impact. They see I'm doing it and my daughter's talking about going to college. My son, he's, he's getting there. But uh, yeah, it makes a difference. It, it shows your kids that, you know, I'm 47 and I'm back in school. And if I can do it, they can do it. Did you graduate while you were in prison or you're following up now outside? I took a handful of courses, I think about five while I was in prison, and then I was released and now I'm finishing up at Seattle Central. That's excellent. Yeah. Now, you recently had a graduation in prison. Why don't you tell us about that, Tanya? Every June, we've had a celebration, just even if we didn't have graduates our first couple of years to mark Mm -hmm. progress. The the mm -hmm. And then last year we had four women, our first four women graduate with the AA degree. And this year we had 19 women. Wow. Uh, and then next year we have over 30 on track to graduate. And we're working, we very much would like to offer the opportunity in prison for people to get a BA if they wanted to continue. And some programs around the country do that. So that's something we're working on because people finish the AA and they think, I love college. Yeah. Now there's nothing else. What do I do? Yeah, they have the yeah. blog. We right. use it. Yeah. So, you know, we're trying to, in the meantime, have them mentor new students, you know, work tutor, that kind of thing. But that, that is a big push right now is trying to get a BA level credit. And do their families come for their graduation? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's such an amazing event. You know, there's 200 people in the gym and people bring their families. We have outside speakers. And this year we brought a woman who was in prison herself in New York and got out in 2005. I know her from national stuff that's going on. She works at Columbia University. She's an education director. So she came and spoke to our students. And I think to see someone who's come out and made a success of their life, and she said to them, I haven't seen this big and this amazing of a graduation ever. So that I think that was really good for us to see because you get so focused on the prison and on Washington and just to be a part of what's happening nationally. 
The other thing is professors come. We do this whole procession. And I would say in Paris's case, what's really cool is we had a couple professors at Seattle Central teaching in the prison several times. And so when Paris got out, you know, they were there to meet her. Some students have taken classes with the same professor inside and outside. And I think that really helps as as you're making the transition to a college campus. In 1994, Congress eliminated all federal funding for college education in prison. How did it affect women in particular? When they eliminated Pell Grants, which people don't know this often, but only 1% of the total Pell funding was going to people in prison, and the money that people in prison were taking did not affect the ability of outside people to get that money, but because it was such a tough on crime period, you know, they just said, let's eliminate it. Within that year, I think over 350 programs closed around the country. And so since then, what most people have done is like what we do, try to raise funds privately through foundations and individuals to make it work. The Obama administration did reauthorize Pell Grants on an experimental basis towards the end of the administration. It wasn't approved by Congress, and so it was just the Department of Ed and the Department of Justice, and so it's unclear what's happening to that money. It was a three-year experiment. Hmm. We were going to receive some of that money in Washington, and again, it's it's up in It's a limbo. Mm-hmm. Well, but we can step yeah. in and help then. Absolutely. So, you know, again, we do a lot of speaking and fundraisers. We have an annual event. We always need people to volunteer in the prison. And certainly we've been very lucky that a lot of foundations and individuals have have donated to us so that we can make sure those 30 women who are on track to graduate can graduate and and so forth. And how can our listeners help? What's the website? I understand it's a bunch of letters, right? (laughs) (laughs) We need to say it slowly. (laughs) So our website is feps.org and that's F-E-P-P-S. If you go on there, you can see videos about our program, speeches from graduation, all kinds of pictures. There's a lot of information. So on that website, you can come and volunteer to tutor. You can volunteer in our office. You can donate books or materials. You can donate computers. For a long time, our students were writing their papers by hand. So we get some computers (laughs) donated but they're not so great. They're la- old laptops. So we, so people at least could learn word processing. We always need technology help, always. Mm-hmm. And then also you can just make a, a donation online. There's various levels to support how to purchase books, how to support a, a student, a new program. We had a grant, for instance, where we can give students who get out of prison a laptop so that if they're enrolled in school, because we were also finding our students were getting out and they were writing their papers on their phones, uh-huh. which I can't even imagine. So no, me neither. Tulela <laughs> Tribe gave us that grant. Oh, so, that's excellent. Uh, there's many ways, but if again, you go to the website, fepps.org, there's a lot of information. There. And, and remember, we have a link on yeah. our website, okay. so you can go and check it there too. And also, if I'm a teacher or professor that would like to help, can I check that website too? And You can go to the website, email us. We are always interested in talking to faculty and universities and anyone who wants to potentially teach a class. We do team teaching sometimes, so it is a long way to the prison. Some, so if you can share a class with somebody, work together, mm-hmm. which is works very well most of the time. And... We've taught everything from psychology to math to folklore to American literature to history to biology to environmental science. So we cover a wide range of topics. Paris, what was your favorite subject when you were studying in prison? 
English. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, if I had a, a minor, it would be creative writing. I really, really, really love English. Don't like math. <laughs> <laughs> Paris is a great writer, and she wrote this amazing poem in one of her classes. So at our graduation, 2015, yeah. she read in front of everyone this poem. We have it up in our office on the wall. We have to hear that poem. Do you think you would be able to say it, or do you have it? You can read it on the air for our listeners? I have it right here. Ah, you were ready. (laughs) Go ahead. The poem is called That Girl. I am the shy girl, the hide-behind-mom's-legs girl, the timid, soft-spoken, every word is broken, hardly ever talk girl, that girl. I am the run-run girl, the mean boys rain rocks upon girl, the one that falls through cracks gets the education axe, just cruising through all slack girl, that girl. I am the lone girl, the disconnected phone girl, the not knowing how to friend, shuffle shuffle round the bend, always finding the dead end girl, that girl. I am the free girl, the luggage up on wheels girl, the rolling here and there, haven't got a single care, travel travel everywhere girl, that girl. I am the fun girl, the stomping up the scene girl, the art walk strolling, funky film going, grateful dead flowing, splashing in the sea girl, that girl. I am the next girl, that heroin feels the best girl, the barely even living, stuck in limbo chilling, bikini killing dead girl, that girl. I am the hearse girl, the corner and the curse girl, the dope bag holding, rock star tolling, it can't get no worse girl, that girl. I am the sad girl, the one whose friends are dead girl, the undone treading, no direction heading, really want to change girl, that girl. I am the lost girl, the life choice has a cost girl, the jail cell hopping, psych ward flopping, upside down and tossed girl, that girl. I am the found girl, the life it goes round round girl, the gonna find the way, bound and determined every day, disregard the other way girl, that girl. I am the smart girl, the think I got it right girl, the education's tight, it just helps me with my fight, I can feel my life take flight girl, that girl. I am the scene girl, the really, really real girl, the happy you could meet, and not easy to defeat, I just sat in the front seat girl, that girl. I loved it. Nice. I loved it. That was beautiful. Thank you. And I was hoping you were going to get to that girl. I was like, right. no, you're not that girl anymore. <laughs> and I was waiting for that girl to show up in the story. That was a beautiful poem. Thank you very much. I'm glad that you were ready to read it. <laughs> for <Right>. us. <laughs> Good old cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we have them for in case we need them. Yes. We know your case. Mm-hmm. But we want to know why you, Tanya, decided. I mean, you could be teaching anywhere in the world and doing any other thing. And as a matter of fact, she does. She teaches at the University of the Puget Sound. Yeah, but why did you decide to help people in prison? The official reason as a professor, you feel like you are making an impact. It's the one skill that you have is Mm -hmm. is to teach people. And then personally, my mother's sister was in prison growing up. So, you know, I always knew about her story and I knew how it affected her daughter, my cousin. And so I think In the background, it it just wasn't a driving force in my life, but it was always an issue. And when I lived in New York City, I'm from the East Coast, I had a professor who said, look, there's a women's prison right on the West Side Highway in New York, and 
do you want to teach a class there? And so I, I started teaching and I really loved it because it was, you know, the students were different than the students I was teaching at Barnard College. But I also brought Barnard students in to do study halls and learn together. And so it felt like a way to make education more accessible to everybody. And one criticism we do get for this work is, well, why should people in prison go to college? You know, I have to pay for my son or daughter. or I worked hard. And I get that. I understand how people feel. But at the same time, I think it's a broader question of why is education a privilege for people who can pay for it? And more and more, that's the case, even with state schools instead Mm -hmm. of a right. And I say to those people, do you want people in prison to come out and return back to prison, commit more crimes? Or do you want them to make something of their life? And they're your neighbors. They're the people all around you. You just don't know what people have gone through. And I think education should be a right and it should be accessible to everyone. And again, this is not taking from somebody else. It's us volunteering so that we can make someone's life better. And you have a really good explanation also on your website how not giving this higher education to prisoners, it holds a heavy burden on our taxes. Great. There's one study that's on our website that, you know, for every $2 you spend on to keep someone in prison, you save, you know, half of that by providing education. And we spend, our tax dollars are used to, to keep the prison system growing. And we have more and more people in prison. And so I think it's for people to ask themselves, well, if this thing that we're doing because we we believe in it and people are donating really works, why wouldn't we try this? And Mm -hmm. it's, again, it's not taking from somebody else. It's benefiting people so that we don't have so many people in prison. And I always tell people the goal of our organization in some ways would be to put ourselves out of business so that if you have so many people (laughs) going to prison and going to college in there, they're not going to be coming back because yep. most people who have college educations are not the ones going to prison. I would like to thank our guests today. We were talking to the Freedom Education Project, Puget Sound, and we were joined by Dr. Tanya Erson, Associate Professor at the University of Puget Sound and Director of Freedom Education Project, Puget Sound. And joining us today, too, was Paris Coulter, formerly incarcerated at the Washington Correction Center for Women, who is now going to Seattle Central College thanks to her participation in the Freedom Education Project Puget Sound while she was inside. And she's also a painter and she showed me her paintings and oh my gosh, I want to have them. They are so (laughs) beautiful. I can't wait for you to have your own gallery with all your paintings. Thank Thank you. you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us once again on The Connection. All the information discussed on today's show and on previous shows can be found at cube1049.com. Once again, thank you for your company. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.